Newark's new way to wake up. Red FM Breakfast with KC. John Killeary, you legend. How are you? I'm fine, KC. And great to talk to you today. How are you? Um, it's been a while, Eileen. And I just have to ask you a question based around uh-huh. this, this little clip I'm about to play for you. Tommy Tiernan, talk to me, Tommy. For any of you that might have come out to see the Tom Foolery show that I've been performing for the past year and a half, you would have seen the opening act, uh, John Cleary. And I think you'll all agree that he is amazing. If you've already seen him, you don't need me to recommend him because you know how good he is. And if you haven't seen him, take it from me. This guy is the best. John Leary on tour, September, October and November, maybe. Maybe a bit of November as well, Tommy. <laughs> now, so how much money did you have to pay Tommy Tiernan to get a quote like that out of him? Yeah, the thing about Tommy is he's all about the the opposite of that. He's all about not doing things. So if I, I promised not to pay him. So he went and did that. If yeah. I paid him, he would have slagged me off. It, it is it is unusual, John, to see him doing uh, kind of, you know, he, he rarely would he even do it for himself. Uh, I but, know. But obviously he uh, he holds you in massively high regard. Uh, Powell's feeling is mutual, you know, and, and yeah. uh, we had a great, I mean, I can't tell you how great a time we had uh, because it was that great, I can't tell you. But uh, it was best experience one of the, it was probably the best experience I had in, in my career of, of stand up yeah. was doing that tour with Tommy first of all because it was after COVID and it was February 2022 and I was very unsure as to what was next yeah. or how to get back into doing what I was doing and I'd moved out of Dublin I was back down in Sligo so I got that call from Tommy we did a couple they went well and then a tour opened up and we had a tour booked but not not the size that it became so I uh, we did 16 months off and on on the road and it was absolutely brilliant. We had the best to crack and we got on really, really well and every room was full and it was just amazing. I can't... I can't tell you how great that was. Yeah. It was superb, yeah. And it, Tommy is such a gent and so great to work with and such a nice... Such a good guy. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 a heart heart of gold. Is it one of yeah. those? Is it one of those things that he pulls you into the room beforehand, going, "No, take it handy. I want I want the B set today. Don't 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 outdo me here." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because when, when you warm, when you're warming up for people, I mean, you obviously want to you want you want to do a brilliant a, a brilliant set yeah. a set. But is there a is there a case of like you know, you can't be too good because the main man has to. You're you're, you're supporting you're supporting the big act here now. Yeah, there, that's the way I would have approached it normally because I've worked for other people before, and you have to be kind of pitch it a certain way. And uh, I was a bit worried about that in the beginning with Tommy, but Tommy is all about just go. That's all he ever said to me was go out and have some fun there. Yeah, just don't worry about it. Go out and do it. Have the crack. And I was going, well, what about this and this? And, you know, asking him about certain bits that he, you know, crossover, stuff like that. And he was going, don't, don't even think about it. Just do what you do for the 20, 25 minutes that you're out there. And yeah. don't worry about it. And I, it, that really, after a few gigs, that really calmed me down because I would have been overthinking how to do it, you know? Yeah. So he was amazing in that respect. And uh, just... Just I learned so much from the guy. I'll be be honest with you, like so much. Okay, what what, what would you've picked up from Tommy that you wouldn't have other, otherwise known? Um, just how to how to reapproach things, how to do 
how to approach bits that you're doing, how to stand in the space that you're in when you're in it, even if it's not going well, and just be in it. And he has a massive talent in that respect. He's able to be in the moment where he is and when he's performing. Yeah. And I learned, I watched him and I picked that up. You know, I just saw what he was doing and we talked about it a few times then. That was the big one. And just just watching how he works was like, there's many things I could go into, but just the general uh, rounded how he works day to day, how he tours, how he deals with material, how he changes it up, takes something out. Like he could change a word in a piece of material that he was doing and it completely changes. Okay. You know, it's just knowing what words to, to, to dump or what words to bring in. It's like, it's an amazing art. He really showed me the art form, you know. I was at uh, Tommy Ternan's very first gig in the GPO no in the GPO in Galway. Uh, no there was, on a Sunday night, there used to be a club called Jazz Juice, and um, yeah, yeah. and uh, the lads used to put on uh, the comedy club in the GPO beforehand. And Tommy's first show, uh, he popped up on stage, and it, we he was backstage, like in the backstage area. I was there with a couple of buddies of mine, and I said to him, I like I got introduced to him, but you know nobody knew who Tommy was. Just this this young, very green, naive, shy lad with a huge black afro of hair <laughs> a, a big black yeah, yeah, yeah. and a big black shirt that was four t- sizes too big for him but he was planning on growing into it um, and <laughs> I asked him if he wanted a drink and he said, no, I won't have a drink because I don't have the money to buy you one back and, wow. I, th- and I said, it doesn't matter man we'll get, we'll get you a drink so the bar was shut but the front, front part of the, the GPO drum was open so we got him a bottle of Buckfast we chipped in right. and uh, he was the happiest man in Galway that night and he went on stage and I remember seeing him for the very first time thinking for, not only for the most natural and instant likability but he, you, you yeah, know yeah. you know when you see a comedian you just go yeah, whatever it is he has it yeah. in droves um, yeah. and you're very similar the two of you when you go on stage um, for you for the very first time John where, where, did, oh, no. it, where did it happen and where was it? Uh, well I ended up going I'll give this a go because I had been thinking about it and trying I had a kind of a sort of an aborted attempt at it a couple of years previously with a kind of a group that I was in it was was more of a comedy kind of a sketch group yeah and uh, that was down here great some great buddies of mine and uh, we had good crack with it but it was short lived and we didn't really know what we were doing but it was a case of just I suppose Doing it was all about wanting to do it and sp- spending so many years being afraid of the failure, If the, you know. So it got to a point, and I was a bit older than, you know, than a lot of people starting. I was in my 30s, and uh, and I wasn't working. I had time. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't doing it, no money, loads of time. Uh, I wasn't uh, having a family, and I just thought, I'll try this. I'll just try this and I went at it uh, I'll see how it goes and if I fall on my face I won't worry about it mm-hmm. I'll just get back up and I'll try it again I won't get put off because I got put off before and I knew that there's a process so I kind of felt there was a process so I just wanted to enter into that and see how it went gig by gig and I was lucky I was lucky in the beginning with it and I went down to the Battle of the Axe down in the great Tony Ferns down in the Hapenny Inn on Wellington Quay down at the Edge of Temple Bar there. He's Tony Ferns, a great guy who ran a gig there. I think he's, I'm not sure if he's still down there because I've lost touch with him a bit. Yeah. But he ran the Battle of the Axe, which was a Tuesday night thing. 
in the Hapenny Inn where tr- you got to try out. And like the, the majority of it was comedians. There was the odd poet, musician as well. But the 95% of it was stand-ups trying stand-up for the first time. Yeah. And he, that's where I started. That's the first thing I did. And it was scary and everything, and it was kind of all over the place. But I was really glad I did it. And I went back and did it again a couple of weeks later and then just went on from there and got and then met other people in that room who were running other similar nights in different parts of Dublin, different pubs. Yeah. And went from one to the other to the other. And... Um, just just lucky and by the end of 2003 which was that year I started I was doing that hit me in quite regularly and that's where I met Dave Max Savage he was running that room on a Wednesday night mm-hmm. and I met him and we kind of hit it off and kind of uh, I he got me other gigs elsewhere as well and then by the end of the year down in here down in Sligo here where I'm from the model arts centre in Sligo started to do a monthly comedy club and they asked me to come in and host host it and that was amazing because that was how I got to meet other comics coming from different places and they put me on to gigs Des Bishop was the first headliner in that in that club yeah and Des immediately booked me for the international bar the following month and then I went in there and I've been playing that room since and that was early 2004 so that's coming up on 20 years in that room as well so quite lucky in the beginning because there wasn't that many people doing there's a lot of people doing comedy now it's yeah. harder to break into it and at the time there was only one or two, well not one or two there might have been five or six people who were fresh who were new and it was easier to get 10 minutes somewhere or 7 minutes somewhere yeah. then than it is now so that was lucky and there was lots of luck actually in that period and then there was the Celtic Tiger period that kind of kicked in Lots of comedy happened then. Lots of people started opening clubs and art centres all over the country started putting on comedy and it became a thing. Yeah. It became more a thing than it was before, I think. And I was just there at the beginning of that. So I was very, very lucky with that. So so you're officially one of the old school heads. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm an old school head because I'm bleeding old now. As well. <laughs> yeah, so well, there you go. First, first points, first things first. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, I've been around the same twenty years as well. So it's, yeah. I yeah. So, yeah, I mean, in, in, in between laying blocks and working on building sites and everything, I mean, try, yeah. for, for you to try and uh, build a career, I, I I just admire it so much as an art form and the way people, you know, you you dedicate your life to it. There's another good lad down here, Chris Kent, who has, you know, I know Chris works yeah. works as a full time Sparky, but has, Sparky. Yeah, yeah, decided he was going to sit down and his his wife just said, "Listen, let's let's go for it. Give this comedy thing a go properly." Yeah. And it, yeah. it, it takes a while. It's patience and it's heartbreak and it's it's lonely nights on the road back at two o'clock in the morning with a hundred quid right. in your pocket and it's yeah. stopping off at chippers and you know it's it, it it could be a rough you know few years, but when it hits, it hits well. And I think you're yeah. you're at the place in your life now where you know off the back of the Savage Eye and all the excellent work that you've done there and the other acting stuff and your profile it's a long graft but now is is kind of like a bit of a golden era for for the guys that have put in the graft I think now you've sold me the tour I think I might go and see this guy myself <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, are you, what are you giving out about on stage what, what, uh, what's the, the kind of uh, the theme of this this tour the theme of this tour is kind of uh, loose enough and um, it's, it's, it's more a collection of bits that I've been doing plus new bits 
and what I give out about, I get into it because I'm a curmudgeon 50-something, so I, I have to give out. That's part of my job is to yeah. give out anyway, even if I wasn't on a stage doing it. So the thing, it's just, I don't know, TV, media, advertising in particular does my head in. So I kind of like that thing with toothpaste, brush like a pro. That's one of my pet hates. People say brush like a pro on an ad. Well, what, 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 that's where I was missing out, wasn't I? Was, I was doing it for the love, but I wasn't getting paid for cleaning my own teeth. Right, right. <laughs> I want to be a professional tooth cleaner. Yeah. I'll just, clean me, I'll just clean me own. I won't clean anybody else. Aren't they I'll get called, paid for it. They're called dentists, right? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. Seven years in college. <laughs> seven years in college, yeah. So there's a bit of media stuff and a bit of politics as well. I like to have a go at them. Yeah. I like to have a go at, at uh, Leo and Michal. I don't have a go at Michael D because I do an impersonation of him, but I, I like him so much. It's not... It's not uh, slanty. Yeah, you just you just gotta you gotta lay on the loaf. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what what happened, uh, John, to the Savage Eye? Because we've never really got um, a, a conclusion to. Was it a case of you just wrapped it up and said that's enough, uh, or was it RTE just said this is too risky for us now? No, it was it was more the the first thing you said there was more that we had done that. Yeah, we had done it for that Savage Eye. Thing started as far back as 2008 with uh, a pilot that we got made for Channel 4 for a kind of a a pilot show. They had this thing on Channel 4 which was called Comedy Lab, I think you might remember it. Yeah, yeah. Where they put on a separate pilots like one, one a week for six weeks and then whatever, depending on re- reactions and ratings and that, they'd commission one of them for a six part. So we got into one of those through 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 the north through Green Ink in the north actually yeah purely accidental they were in Dublin to meet somebody else and Dave had a DVD and he gave them a fifteen minute taster of what we were doing and uh, they commissioned it and we made it and we shot it in Belfast and it was on Channel Four and then RT got interested in that okay going oh what are you doing what are you, you know the way they they go what are you doing over there what's that what what who are you playing with now why don't you come back and do something over here so. We did the first pilot of the Savage Eye 2008, and then yeah. it ran to 20. We did four series plus a Christmas one, and uh, it ran all the way to 2014. May of 2014 was the last broadcast of the last series, and that was what five and a half years. Yeah, and I think everybody was just we we were repeating ourselves as well. Okay, and plus we just done it and. But I tell you what, man, there's a lot of stuff out there now that's ripe for that. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, you know. It, it it hit at the right time. And I think you did things. For me, Savage Eye was the, the best thing RT have ever broadcast comedy-wise. And it's still, oh, so many people just absolutely adore it. I mean, the characters hit with everybody. The sketches hit with everybody. It was as close to the bone as you'll get on certain things. And it really yeah. it really shook the tree socially as well, John. Savage is not afraid to to upset no. people, and um, you know you complimented him with the characters and the writing. Um, I know there was there's a, there's a vast crew and cast behind that show, yeah. but it it has so much love uh, across the country, and I think people would love to see it come back. But I think yeah. you 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 just hit at the right time, like The Sopranos. You gave people enough for it to be remembered as the best of what yeah, it was. Well, that's a lovely thing to say. Thank you. And uh, and incidentally, there was four of us that 
were the main writing team on that. The first series had a few more people, but it was Dave, uh, Pat McDonald, yeah, myself, and Dermot McMorrow, who I always Dermot's one of my bestest friends, and Dermot is from uh, thirty seconds walk from here where I grew up. So we're both from the same place, same shtick, and we en- and we ended up in the big smoke in, at different periods and then teamed up with this. Yeah. It was lo- lovely, you know. And uh, he's, he's he's a great, he's a great writer and great comic as well. If you ever had a chance, he might be, I think he's going to go back and do a bit of stand-up. He's really, really good. Great yeah. stuff. Great, great writer. Amazing. Yeah, you were the Beatles, man. You were the you were the comedy Beatles for Irish TV. <laughs> like, absolutely. But McSavage didn't get shot yet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Many a sniper have missed, has missed opportunities. Um, so like again, uh, you know he's 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 another outstanding comic. But hey, it's all about you. The spotlight's on you. Thursday, the twenty first of September. Yeah. Um, please go and check out this man. You're going to absolutely love his show, John Cleary. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and uh, you too, can't wait to have you down here. Lovely, great to talk to you, man. And, and uh, it's been so long, and hopefully not as long again. That's for sure. That's a promise. Thanks so much, John. Good man. Cork's new way to wake up. Red FM breakfast with KC.